Well, hello. All right. I am so excited to, to come to share with you again. And I've, um, as I've been preparing, I, I think I just keep growing in expectations. I feel like there's some things that God is going to be doing amongst us in these couple of days, and I'm just excited to, to share them with you. Um, and I've only got a few minutes to talk, and so I'm not going to be unpacking everything for you. And the purpose here is for me to give you something to think about, something to chew on, and then for you to take the time and take the space to go, God, what do I do with this? Where, where, do, I, where do I take this? And so don't expect me to say everything, but I just want to, um, I guess I want to challenge, and I want to stir you, and I want to say that God has stuff for you this weekend. And so what I'm doing is five short talks, and I'm, we're going through Ephesians. We only get up to Ephesians chapter 4, so you'll have to read 5 and 6 yourself, if that's alright. Um, but we're, what we're doing tonight, really, as we kick off, is we're wanting to do what Paul does for us as he, as he starts this letter. And what he does is he just reminds us of the Gospel. And he reminds us of the Gospel in a, in a, in a different way, maybe, than what you, you might be used to. But he just reminds us of what the Gospel is. And Gospel means... Good news. Yeah. And so I just want to remind us tonight that God has good news for you. Yeah. God has good news for us. And this is the gospel. And what Paul does in this passage is he, he talks about the gospel in eight verbs, eight verbs of grace. And so we want to, I just want to quickly go through those and show you what they, what they are. Now, I, mean, I, I grew up knowing, knowing this gospel. I, grew up, I was very privileged to grow up in a, um, in a home where my parents are both Christians and grew up at, um, at Anglican Church in, in South Dramara um, all, my, all my years growing up and um, had an, an amazing foundation there which I am incredibly thankful for. And um, so in terms of coming to know this gospel it's kind of been a gradual process for me of learning what this means and what this means in my life and coming to, to realise I don't know where, where you're at as you come this weekend. You might be at, at a similar to me, you kind of grown up all your life knowing this story, knowing these truths. Or you might be at a place where you've been brought along by a friend and you're not even really sure what this whole thing is about and you're kind of just exploring. Or you might be somewhere in between. I just want to say you're, everyone's welcome here yeah. and I believe that God has something that he wants to show to you this weekend. Yeah. And so just be, be ready. Be open. Open yourself up to what he might want to say to you. And although I grew up in the, in the church and kind of knew this my whole life, so I think there are a few pivotal points in my life that kind of marked my journey and stepping forward. And one of them that I think of is when I was going on that transition from being a, 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 a kid, being a youth, and going into young adulthood. You know, that going from leaving school and then going and studying or working and exploring, like, what does this mean in life? And I remember when I was just out of school, I was 18, and had a, an older friend of mine who I, was on my soccer, the soccer team that I played in, and he came up to me one day and he said, Steve, do you want to come on a mission trip with me to South Africa? I was like, yeah, that sounds cool, I'd love to. Said, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm in. <coughs> and then when, after I said that, I went home and I thought, Hang on, I've just said yes to going on a mission. Like, what is happening? Like, I'm a missionary. And when I, when I said that and went home, I was like, hang on, I've got to work out for something out here. Is the faith that I've been brought up with just something that I'm inheriting from my parents? 
or is it something that is actually mine? And I didn't know the answer to it. And so at the time I was like, well, I think God's real. I believe in it. I believe all this stuff. But I don't know that it's real, I guess, in, in another way. And so I, I said to God, God, if you're real, and I, I think you are, I need you to show yourself to me in a way that I can know that you're real. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to pursue you, and will you show me, because I don't want to go on this trip if you're not real. I don't want to waste my time. And so the next nine months or so as we prepared for that trip, I just pursued God. I spent a lot of time in prayer. I spent time reading stuff. I read stuff in other religions as well. And um, I put aside time to go, God, show yourself to me. And there was actually no one point in that nine months, but it was a lot of points where God showed himself to me in a way that I knew he was real that I hadn't known before. It was time in prayer that, that I, I knew He was with me. I knew His presence. It was time in my in my daily life where I, I I just know that I was His child and I was safe. And it was something that I, I hadn't known before. You know, I'd known grace. I'd known the gospel by truth as truth by fact before. And there was this transition to now know it not only by fact but by experience. And I'd grown up in an Anglican church where, uh, you know, they warned me against this. Hi. Don't trust your experience. Don't trust your experience because that isn't the truth. And like I, I agree with, with that. But there is more than just a head knowledge of the truth. And this is what Paul does in this passage. And he starts by saying to the holy ones in Ephesus, the, the people that God's called, grace to you, God's blessing on you, and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. He's saying the gospel is about grace, God's gift, and the result of receiving that gift is peace, and I experience that. The result of God's grace is peace in our lives. And then what he does is, Paul actually just bursts into song. The next, the, the verses 3 through to 14 are just this explosion of praise. And what he does in this um, is he, he articulates what grace looks like. It's, it's the, what I'm calling the eight verbs of grace. And he says, he starts by saying, um, praise be to God. Because why? The first verb, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Everything that Jesus has to give, he has given to us. He's blessed us. That's number one. Number two, he says, he's chosen us to be holy and to be blameless in his sight. We're not only blessed, but we're chosen by him. More than that, we are destined by him. We've got a a destination. It's not just a chosen in the past, but there's a destination in the future. He's predestined us for something beyond now. He's predestined us to be children of God, adopted into God's family. Number four, he says that he has freely given his glorious grace. Number five, he's lavished us with the riches of his grace and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Number six, he's made known the mystery of his will as he's revealed in Jesus to us through the words of the Bible. He's united us with all things in Christ in the future. That's where we're going to, to be united in him. 
And number eight, he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit for us that guarantees our inheritance to come. The eight birds of grace. Now I don't have time, unfortunately, to, to unpack all of those through to you, so I just want to pull out um, two, really. Well, it's kind of three. But first of all, I want to point out to you the, the middle of that. Freely given and lavished. Freely given is actually the word grace. He's, it, it, Paul says, he's graced you with grace. Yeah. And we don't know translate about that, but it's like it's a free gift of a free gift. It's not just grace, he, he's graced you with it. It's kind of, yeah, he's given it freely. And then, and then he goes on to say, no, let me go further, he's lavished you with it. So we kind of think, okay, God's sprinkled, sprinkled you with grace. And he's like, no, it's not, it's not just a sprinkle. He's, he's showering with grace. And he's not just showering you, it's a downfall of grace. It's not just a downfall, it's, it's a river of grace. It turns into a stream, it goes down to the ocean of grace. It's not just a small amount. God has a gift for you through his son Jesus to know him in this life that just isn't a small gift it's enormous it's bigger than you can imagine yeah. and it's freely given this is the centre of what he says and he says this is for you to receive and that's what I just want to remind us today that we're here to receive come yeah. and receive what Jesus wants to say to you and many of us may be youth leaders and in positions of leadership, we're giving a lot. I just want to say to you this weekend, just come receive, ask God what He wants to give to you, remind you afresh. And the second thing that I just want to point out here is that, that final one, where Paul says that, that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit as a deposit that guarantees our inheritance. What does he mean by that? We've been sealed. It's a, a metaphor for what things were like in the old days where the king had this seal that he would stamp on a, a package, for example, and this package was being sent across <coughs> the, the seas and so the, the king would get his, the king's seal and he would stamp the package with that seal. And what, what that did when he stamped that package with the seal is that it gave that package security. Because somebody who wanted to steal that package would go, oh, brilliant, package I can steal, it's no, no one's around it. And then they go and see the king's seal on it, and they go, ooh, actually, I might not steal from the king because the consequences might not be too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing he's done is he's given us security. The second thing that the seal does is that it gives authenticity. It says, this packet package is authentic, it's from the king, it's got the king's seal on it and what the Holy Spirit does is he confirms to us the authenticity of our faith mm-hmm. the third thing that a, the, the seal does is it's a mark of ownership it says this package now belongs to the king it's his and when we receive the spirit the seal of the spirit we actually <coughs> receive a family likeness to the king we're marked to be like him in 1735 there's a story of a man named John Wesley you might have heard of him, he's a famous hymn writer and John Wesley was heading out on uh, as a missionary from England and heading over to the States and he, was, yeah, you know, he had to go by ship 
And so they went on this long voyage from England to the States. And about three months into this voyage, there was this massive storm that erupted and basically just swamped the ship. And all the English, including John Wesley on it, were, were petrified. They, they, they were fearing for their lives. But on this ship, there were another group of guys. There was a, a group of guys called Moravians from Germany. And what happened when they, the ship kind of got swamped by this storm is these Moravians just got together and they just had a church service. They started singing hymns and they prayed together. And there was one moment when the whole ship was totally swamped, the mast broke, and they thought they were going to die. And the English were, were going crazy. But these Moravian Christians, they just kept on <coughs> singing come and God. John was struck by this. And he thought, there's something different about these guys. What is it? And so he went up, once they reached safety in the States, he went up to one of these pastors and he, he said to them, like, how is it that your men remain so calm? And the pastor said to him, like, I need to ask you a question first. He, the pastor said to him, do you have the witness of the Spirit within you? And John Wesley was... What do you mean? He said, does the Holy Spirit witness to your spirit that you are a child of God? And Wesley was not really sure what he meant by this question. And so the pastor could see this and the pastor said to him, do you know Jesus Christ? And Wesley was going as a Christian missionary. He'd been ordained as a minister already. And he says, well, yes, I know that Jesus is the saviour of the world. True, replied the pastor. But do you know that he has saved you? And finally, Wesley replied uncertainly, well, I hope that he has saved me. And then after that, Wesley had a very difficult two years. broken engagement, he had a lot of soul searching, a lot of failure. And two years after that, he'd been ordained for ten years already as a minister. He writes in his journal an experience that, that changed everything for him. He wrote this, he writes, In the evening I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldergate Street, so it's a, a prayer meeting basically, where they were reading from Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. Fascinating. <laughs> and he says, about a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. And so the question as we come to remember God's gospel, his grace poured out on us is, do you know this assurance? Uh, not every Christian does. You can know the truth, but not having experienced God in a way that you are sure and so I just want to invite you if, you if you don't to ask God for that 
It's just a question. It doesn't mean that they're going to get you straight away. Wesley didn't for two years. But it's a pursuit of God to say, God, it's not enough for me just to know you in theory and to believe you as true. But I need to know you in my daily life. I'm not talking just about an experience in a meaning like this. I'm talking about knowing that you have an assurance of salvation so that you can walk with confidence through life. It's the invitation. Come and dive into the ocean of grace. Come and receive. Open the door and see if there's more in the side that God has for you. Amen. Amen. Amen.